What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Monkey Mind Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Danny Perez, along with Anthony Florentino. This podcast is proudly sponsored by Daily Dose CBD, Inc. Lucky for you, they've given all Monkey Mind listeners 15% off all their items on their online shop. They have products ranging from tinctures, bombs, and even dog treats. They have the best CBD products I've ever used, and I've tried quite a few. So go pick some up for yourself by heading over to their website at dailydosecbdinc.com and use promo code MONKEYMIND15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's promo code MONKEYMIND15 for 15% off your order at checkout. This is episode 45 featuring Katherine Haynes. Kat is a former Division I basketball player at Sacred Heart University hailing from Ridgefield Park, New Jersey. Let's get into the episode. No, but thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Um, obviously, you know, you found out about the company and from, you know, the gym and all that, and you asked about it. And it's funny, like, we just kind of spoke briefly about it. And you're like, yeah, you know, what? actually, I'll, I'll come on and, you know, tell my story. And you said that you had a lot of friends who would be, you know, willing to come on as well. And that, you know, a lot of people who kind of gone through similar struggles. So I, I think um, that's kind of the whole point of this is to kind of make one person feel like they're not the only one and understand that there are plenty of other people out there going through the same thing. And like we said before, um, you know, we're starting to realize that people who don't go through something at some point are almost in a sense, the outliers. I think everyone's got something that they go through and struggle with. So um, if you don't mind introducing yourself and telling everyone who you are and support you play. Sure. Um, So my name is Catherine Haynes, but I go by cat. It sounds less like an old lady. Um, and I played Division One basketball for Sacred Heart University um, from 2014 to 2019. Awesome. And um, what was your major there at school, actually? Um, so I did both my undergrad and grad there. Okay. Um, undergrad, um, I majored in management, and then I got my MBA with a concentration in management. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, talk about kind of some of the stuff that you struggled with and where that all started with you and um, how that tied into being an athlete, if it was, you know, being an athlete helped or if it was kind of some of the root of the problems. Sure. Um, So I guess I'll take you guys from the very beginning. Um, Going into college, I think I can speak for everyone. Um, You know, we think that we got recruited. We're one of the top players. You know, we're going to go into college and we're really going to kick some ass when you get there. Um, And that's not what happened at all. Um, And it actually turned out to be the worst five years of my life. Um, You know, I got there super excited, definitely a little bit anxious. um, And I quickly realized I wasn't the strongest. I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the tallest. And I was not the best player on the floor. Um, And I think that it really showed and I really struggled with kind of understanding that I was kind of at the bottom of the wolf pack when I started Um, my entire freshman year I think I played maybe five total minutes um, which kind of really hit hard because I was putting in 20 plus hours a week for practices for lifting um, for extra conditioning for extra cardio whatever Um, 
So that's kind of where my anxiety really started. And in addition to that, I really struggled in finding my footing when it came to balancing athletics as well as academics. Um, my freshman year, I think I had like a 2.3 GPA, like it was absolutely terrible. Um, and it wasn't that I wasn't trying hard. It was just, I was having difficulty finding time to actually do my homework, to actually study. I was so exhausted at the end of the day um, that I didn't do my homework a lot, frankly. Um, and then, you know, kind of on top of those two things, trying to balance my social life at school, trying to make new friends, um, go out, have fun, be a typical college student. Um, none of that happened at all. Um, it was just such a big struggle. Um, I didn't know it was anxiety when it started. I didn't know what I was feeling because I've never had these feelings before, but my chest got super tight. I couldn't breathe a lot. Um, my head was like super foggy, um, couldn't think straight. And just, I found myself not sleeping. My thoughts were just racing constantly. Um, and ever since my freshman year, I think things just got really worse from that point. Um, heading into my sophomore year, I tore my left hip, my labrum in my left hip. So I had surgery and I was out for the entire year. Um, so that added to the stress as well. And things got worse because I started turning to alcohol as like a comfort point in that. I've never been a drinker or anything. Um, but it turned into almost every day where I was drinking heavy and some nasty stuff that I shouldn't have been drinking. Um, so that was a struggle, not touching the court, being out for eight months, I believe it was, um, a very, very slow recovery. Um, and I just was not in a good space mentally, um, I still wasn't doing well academically um, because of kind of those different factors there. And I actually almost got kicked off by, um, from my head coach um, that year. And things kind of were eye-opening at that point a little bit. Like, okay, Kat, like, get your shit together. Like, what are you doing? Um, going into my junior year, um, I kind of got my myself together a little bit, um, started playing again, and I was actually one of the top players on the team and in the league. And, you know, I was still so unhappy. I was thinking about it. I was like, this is what I wanted. You know, I wanted to come in. I wanted to leave my footprint here, show them what I could really do. Um, so why was I still miserable in a sense? Um and like, I just, I couldn't figure it out. And junior year, I went into a really deep hole. I like cut off all my friends. I ended my relationship. Um, I really cut off my family too. just like completely secluded myself. Um, was still drinking, not really too heavy, but um, I would say close to a bottle of wine, maybe every other night. Um, just really unhealthy habits. And I 
didn't know what to do. Um, I would lash out at people. I was really, really angry. Um, you know, people could be like, oh, hey, Catherine. And I'm like, what do you want type of thing? Um, just not friendly at all. Um, and that's kind of how things went for the next two years after that, up until my last point. Um, I couldn't wait to get out of there. I felt that it was just extremely stressful for me. There wasn't a time, unfortunately, when I could go home. Um, you know, basketball season specifically is 10 out of 12 months of the year. We get about a, a month and a half break um, before we're right back in there. So I didn't really have time to breathe for the last five years. Um, and it was really sad and I lost a lot of myself and I hated myself for a long time for it. I was in a really, really deep hole and, you know, I, I didn't get help in college. I wanted to get kicked off the team. I almost was looking for ways to kind of make that happen. Um, showing up late to practice, showing up late to lifts, um, not doing what I'm supposed to do in the classroom. Um, so just kind of things like that, just to kind of get myself out of the situation without having to verbally express it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my last five years at school. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, um, I think you'd agree too, but not that the reactions that you had were an excuse, but it's a completely normal response mm -hmm. um, to isolate yourself and to drink heavily. Like those are things that I've done and I have, you know, at times when I'm feeling low, like I'm trying to get better at this, but at times I still do things like that. Um, mm -hmm. So they're completely normal responses. And I think a lot of people um, beat themselves up for that. Mm -hmm. I know I did. And I, I have, and, but they are normal. Cause I think in, in college, like you said, this is what you wanted to do. This is everything that, you know, you've dreamed of and you've worked for, and then you get there and it's not what it pans out to be. And mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out why. And then the one thing that's supposed to make you happy isn't doing that. And you just feel like you're back in a corner and it's a pretty tough feeling. Um, and like you said, balancing everything, social life, you know, making friends, academics, and then you're at practice or games and that takes up 20 plus hours out of your week. So it's a lot, it's a big transition period college. And there's a lot of, you know, um, a lot thrown at you. And it's just, uh, when you're an athlete, it, it makes it very difficult to juggle all those things, especially when things aren't going your way. Right. No, definitely. Um, and just kind of, it just sucked the life out of me. You know, I've been playing basketball since I was four or five years old. Um, and I absolutely hate the sport now. I cannot watch it on TV. I, I don't play basketball. I haven't touched a ball since 2019. I absolutely refuse. And it's kind of really sad that that is the effect that it had on me. Um, and it pushed me to that point. Because um, at one time, you know, I dreamed of going to the WNBA, playing overseas. Um, so it definitely kind of sucks that that's the direction it kind of went in. Yeah. No, I, I think um, that's also another normal thing. It's one of those things that your sport gets kind of almost shoved down your throat and you have such a bad taste from it when you're really not enjoying it. And um, it can be 
it can really, like I said, leave that bad taste in your mouth and you want nothing to do with it. I know plenty of buddies who played hockey and haven't touched their skates since they finished playing. And they played at some very high levels, um, division one and pro and all that. And that's the unfortunate thing is that it'll leave you, you know, leave you feeling that way. And something that you love is just completely, you know, the opposite of that now. Um, but also I want to go back to your anxiety and how it started in your freshman year. You didn't really know what it was looking back. And now you do know what it is. Did you realize that you kind of had some stuff, you know, similar feelings of the anxiety before this was it something that always kind of was in your life. You didn't really realize it or is, you know, it did it start in college? Um, that's a great question. I think that now looking back on it, I definitely had some instances during high school um, where I may have had very um, low, I don't want to say low tempered, like very mild cases of anxiety, I guess. Um, not to the extreme that I felt in college. Um, but now looking back at it, I definitely recognize like that's what it was. Um, you know, maybe I thought that I was just sad or I was just angry. I didn't know where it was stemming from. Um, but now I have a little bit better of an idea. Um, and I think that I'm able to recognize it sooner, actually, um, having gone through all that as well. Mm -hmm. And you said that you didn't seek help in college, right? Um, so I didn't seek help in college, um, kind of going into that, it was kind of almost imprinted in our heads, I think, um, as student athletes, like, you know, again, people try to, I think college coaches a lot try to preach being a student over being an athlete. And I think that was something that was very false in my case. Um, you know, it was strictly athletics. Um, when it came to things like the classroom and internships, for example, I, I felt like I wasn't really getting the support that I needed there. Um, and, you know, I think that when I tried to talk about it, um, it was almost ignored. Um, so then, you know, I started feeling like, okay, like I can't really talk about my issues. Um, this is something that I really need to hide. Um, I tried to talk about it maybe a couple times after that. And after, you know, I still wasn't receiving any support from it. I just like completely shut that down in every aspect. I shut down every single emotion I had and I completely hit it. Um, you couldn't tell if I was angry, if I was happy, sad, whatever. Um, just a, a complete poker face. Um, and after the five years of being like that, um, after school, when I started working, I had a complete mental breakdown. Um, and at that point, I was just like, I need help. Like, I, I can't do this, this anymore. Um, it kind of sucks that it took six years to get to that point. But I'm happy that, you know, I finally did. And I'm continuing to get help for it. Yeah. yeah. So you, like going back to all of it, mm -hmm. do you think if you said something or asked for help earlier, it possibly could have changed, you know, your experience or, you know, maybe you left and went somewhere else? Like, do you think that your, basically your college journey would have been different if you, you know, kind of had the confidence to speak up or tell someone or kind of just, you know, 
Danny and I always talk about meeting with a therapist or kind of going to the counseling center. I don't know if Sacred Heart had that. Um, I know we've had um, another Sacred Heart alum on here, but do you think if you, you know, were more confident or comfortable, it would have changed things or was it just like, how how was it? Um, No, absolutely. I think that if I would have asked for help, um, I think that things would have went completely different. Um, I think that during my time in college, I specifically, I think uh, I can speak for a lot of people. There was a, a big misconception about people who went to therapy or got help. Um, I think people thought, you know, they're crazy. Something's wrong with them. Um, and I'm not afraid to admit that that was me at one point. Um, almost judging people, um, which I'm really ashamed of for actually going to get help. Um, and I was scared to get help at that point. I knew that, um, you know, I kind of needed it, but I was in complete denial. Um, so that is definitely one of my biggest regrets, I think, not seeing someone sooner. I think that's an important point. And um, I think it's an important piece for people to take from this is see someone when things are starting to manifest. And when you notice a negative trend, don't wait till it gets out of hand. Because um, mm-hmm. I think you can nip the problem right away and get to the root of it easier as opposed to when it's five, six years down the line and you have all this suppressed emotion, all these suppressed feelings. Um, and it's a little bit harder. It's a little bit longer process, but um, for anyone listening out there, you're not crazy for seeing a therapist. Um, it's an important recovery tool. And I think it's something that a lot of people should utilize, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is that people wait till the absolute last minute. And unfortunately it's really sad, but some people wait so long and it ends up, you know, there never is an opportunity for them to seek help because they're not, no longer with us. And that's the, the saddest part is that that's, that's how bad it could get. Um, so that's why I think therapy is so important. I think on college campuses, it's, it's an important tool for students to utilize, but it's an important tool for schools to make known. Um, you know, we've talked about it plenty of other times on other episodes that a lot of the students that we've had on student athletes didn't even know where the counseling center was on campus. So I think that's kind of an issue right there in itself. Um, and then talk about your uh, transition period from being an athlete and being a college a- athlete to being in the professional world and having a career. Cause I know that's a lot of things that uh, that's something that people struggle with. Definitely. Um, so, you know, I, like I mentioned, I did not want anything to do with basketball. Um, I got the opportunity to go overseas, um, but I very quickly shut it down. Um, and I was like, you know, I want to start working. I want to start making money. Um, my goal was to be a high level manager in the corporate world. Um, so yeah, I was super excited to start working after school. Um, I almost immediately got a job and I was miserable. Um, everything from the commute into the city to working 8.30 to 5.30 every day, trying to come home, trying to schedule the gym in between there, um, trying to see friends and hang out with family. And it was exhausting. Um, And my anxiety at that point was 
way through the roof. Um, I, I couldn't breathe a lot and I actually had to leave work um, quite, quite a handful of times because I was having these really bad anxiety attacks. Um, and it's almost as if I go blind. I know that may sound very weird, but it's just like completely black and I can't see anything and I can't breathe. Um, so, you know, I, I had to leave. I'm trying to, I'm struggling, trying to get to the bus station to get back home. Um, and it was extremely draining. I did not like it. And, you know, I was actually let go because of COVID-19 and it was almost a blessing in disguise. Um, my mental breakdown came shortly thereafter. Um, but yeah, ever since then, ever since that breakdown, ever since I've left my job there, I've been feeling much better. Um, so I think that those types of things almost need to happen for you to get on the right path, you know, get your footing back and be able to move on with your life. So um, I'm kind of happy that things happened the way they did. Yeah. Um, do you think that you jumped right into the job opportunity? I know you said that you had the goal of being a higher manager in the corporate world, but mm -hmm. do you think a reason why you jumped right into it and said no to the opportunity to go play overseas was because you were just searching for some security and you didn't have that security with basketball. So I think that yeah. that's something a lot of athletes struggle with is, you know, especially in the professional ranks, there's, mm -hmm. you can get traded, get sent away, get cut, whatever the case is. And in sports in general, there's really not much security. And after the five years you had at college, you were, you were you know, enough is enough. And you were just searching for yeah. So my question is, yeah, were you searching for that sort of security or was it just you were ready to move on? Um, I guess there was like a sense of security I was looking for. It was my first job and I think I was almost too ambitious um, and I kind of jumped right on it uh, without really seeing, you know, what else was out there, better opportunities that would have came along. Um, so there was definitely some security with it. I think that also I, I just wanted to move on from those past five years I wanted to bury them deep inside and I didn't want to think about them again and the best opportunity for me to do that was to just get into the next phase of my life um which is working yeah, yeah I think um it kind of ties into what you previously said about the whole student athlete sort of um rhetoric that they shove you know in everyone's face about you know you're a student athlete but I think a lot of division one athletes and college athletes in general can attest that you're in practice so and in the facility, then you are more than you are in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And it's very difficult to do internships, which I don't think the average person understands because it's a full-time job to be an athlete in college. And um, if you don't show up ready to play in September or August, when you report, you're not going to play that year. And um, you know, people lose scholarships because of that. And people lose opportunities to play at their dream schools, whatever the case is. So finding the opportunity to mix in an internship is very, very difficult, you know, coupled with training and, um, you know, doing your lifts and showing up ready to play and getting prepared for the season. So I think there needs to be more assistance for the student athlete in college instead of just saying, oh, you're student athletes and emphasizing student athlete. Okay, well, then treat us like student athletes and you know, help us find stuff around that, you know, that works around our schedule and 
give us a little bit of assistance. And when we are struggling with something, be actually available to talk about these issues. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I think some people can handle it better than others. And those who can't handle it or are struggling kind of, kind of finding their, their footing, it can really take a toll on those, on those players. No, I, yeah. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Fluff. I was just going to say, <laughs> I feel like some people forget that we're just normal humans when it comes to the college athlete, you know, title. Because there's so many times where people are like, oh, like you guys, you guys have it so easy. Like you play this sport, like you don't have to do anything. It's like, actually, I'm doing 10 times more than you are. But I don't have the free time to just like relax because as a student, and I'm not saying I, you know, didn't enjoy my college career because it was probably the best four years of my life. And, but like when it comes, if you think about it, you're waking up at five, five thirty for a morning lift, and then you have a full day of classes, and then you're going to class, um, practice. And I mean, for me, I was always a mandatory study hall, um, so I, <laughs> I had to, <laughs> I had to be there. And then by the time I'm done with that, I'm going to dinner, and then I have to go back to the library because I have additional study hall hours and there's no time for like just sitting on the couch and, you know, for all the other people not playing a sport, you know, sit down, play video games all night or, you know, go out and just have a couple like beers with their buddies. I don't think people realize the, um, the, the stress mentally and physically on a student athlete to the point where we don't feel like normal people and people look at us like either we're privileged or kind of like treated completely differently to the point where like, I don't even know if I want to do this because I can't even get a person to just like understand that I'm the same as them. (laughs) And I I completely understand where you're coming from because Playing call a Division One college sport, you live in a completely different world than every other student that isn't playing a sport. So I completely get it. No, yeah, and you made some really great points. Um, I think a lot of people think that we're really privileged, and they're like, you know, you're you're going to college, and all you have to do is play basketball. That's not all I have to do. Um, you know, I have a whole laundry list of things that I need to do each and every single day. Um, I can't go home and see my family um, during Christmas break, during spring break. Like, I'm completely at school. Um, I can't go out on the weekends. Um, I can't do this. I can't do that. I don't think that they understand how much we actually sacrifice day in and day out. Um when we kind of agree to go and, you know, play a sport in college. Yeah. hundred percent. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't go back and, you know, change it. Like some of my best friends I met in college, obviously. And um, it's not that I'm complaining or I'm mad that I got four days of a Christmas break and had to be back at school on Christmas night or, it's none of that. It's more of just trying to recognize and bring 
knowledge to people that think that we live in you know this fantasy world because I'll tell you right now that people in a d- division and you know actually any college athlete it, it, it's not obviously that has the ties but it also has very lows <laughs> and <laughs> I just trying to bring knowledge to other people about like trying to help that athlete knowing that they're hesitant to speak up or you know ask for help and basically all I want to do is just trying to help people understand that it's not exactly what they think yeah and then seeking that help earlier and just kind of recognizing you know setting yourself up for success too um just kind of shedding light on these situations. I think it, at the end of the day, it's, it's on you um, to mm-hmm. make sure you're looking out for yourself because no one's going to look out for you the way you do. So I think um, if we can just shed light on some of these things, so that way future athletes can come into these situations a little bit more prepared that, you know, look out for your mental health, look out for your physical well-being. Don't get caught in these traps of, you know, sinking into these lulls and coping with them the wrong ways. Um, so it's, it's hard to manage it. And people will tell you that it's hard to manage it going in, but mm-hmm. it's just very vague. You know, oh, it's college. It's, it's you're it's a full time job. You're like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like, well, whatever. Like, it's a sport I'm playing. Like, I love it. I'm, I'm ready for it. You know. And then you get into it. It's like, wow. Like, this is a lot. So, <laughs> um, so it's just kind of actually being prepared. Like, this is what you will have to deal with, and this is how it it can feel at times. And just be prepared for it. And when you're starting to feel low, make sure you check in on yourself and see somebody because. You know, you end up coping in some pretty bad ways and it's more detrimental and you get caught in the rut and it's a spiral. So that's like oh, the yeah. biggest thing. Um, and I think if I could offer one piece of advice, I would say don't be angry at yourself. Um, and I think that was the worst part of it all. Again, I, I was so mad at myself. Um, it was actually for like a couple of years. Like I could not look at my reflection in the mirror at all. Um, I was almost disgusted with the way that I acted um, with the person that I was. Um, and like, there, there was no reason to be feeling that way. There's no reason to be ashamed about anything. Um, what I was feeling was completely normal. Um, and then again, you know, I think that if I got help a little bit sooner, I, I would have saw that it was normal. Um, and I shouldn't have been scared of anything of how I was feeling or how I was acting towards other people. Um, I think that there's definitely um, different ways that I could have gone about things or communicated with people. Um, But yeah, overall, um, I would kind of say just be gentle with yourself. That's what I'm learning right now. That's kind of my motto um, each and every day. Just be really gentle with yourself um, and understand that every day is almost a battle. Some days good, some days bad, but um, I kind of look at it as if I'm taking one small step a day forward, I'm still moving forward. Um, So yeah, that's kind of what I would say to other people out there who are listening. I think that's awesome. And that's really important as well. Um, And something that both Flo and I, not, not trying to speak for him, but you know, I talk to him every day. I think we're both working on that and just kind of being kinder to ourselves. Um, mm-hmm. 
and just understanding that we're not perfect and we're not going to be perfect. So that's an important point. I'm happy you said that. Um, and just so people, if you care to get into it, so people can have some tangible um, ways that they can practice this. What were some of the things that you'd say you, or how you wish you handled certain situations better? Like you just talked about, you know, your reactions toward things, if you don't mind, you know, for people listening, if, you know, they can utilize that in their lives. No. Yeah. Um, definitely in terms of conversation with friends, with family, um, I would almost give them sort of an angry response. Um, so I've actually learned to almost take a second and it may look like I'm not listening or anything, but, um, I'm actually kind of just registering what you said in my head and just thinking of how I want to respond to it rather than just by impulse, just saying the first thing on my mind, um, which is something that I did really often back then. Um, so really just taking that time and making sure that I'm communicating fully, clearly, and in like a really nice manner, um, just so, you know, I'm not being portrayed as a, a mean person um, and you're not getting that vibe either. Um, so yeah, kind of just thinking before I speak, essentially. There you go. <laughs> no that's awesome um no i mean we appreciate you coming on i don't you know we don't want to take up too much of your time but flo i don't know if you have anything else for her but um just i'm appreciative of you coming on and telling your story and being vulnerable and um we know that this is going to help a lot of people who are listening who are in the same situation or have been in the same situation so um it's awesome that you did this and thank you yeah thank you again yeah, of course. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, and I guess if I could just add one last thing, just find what makes you happy. Um, meditation, walks outside, the gym. Um, there's an outlet for everything. Um, I just feel like people need to use it more. Um, yeah, that's it. And what would you say your outlets are? My outlets are the gym. I'm a gym junkie. I go every single day. Um, and I actually started, um, meditating every single day. Um, I journal every single day and I found that it really, it helps it boosts my mood. Um, and every single morning I try to start off my morning by dancing. So I'm in a good mood for the day. Um, so it's just those little things that I've done that I have seen an improvement in my mood and my overall health. Um, and yeah, I continue to do it every single day and, um, you know, even if there's bad days in there, that's okay. Um, just taking it one day at a time. That's awesome. I love that. Mm -hmm. we, we talked about journaling and meditation and how those are some key things that people can do to you know, mood elevators for sure. But, um, and manifest it. Yeah. So my sweater says, there you go. awesome. <laughs> cool. um, also, if you can just say your Instagram, so people can follow you and we'll drop it in the bio, but for everyone listening. We'll tag you. We'll tag you. No worries. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. But all good, but thank you again. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank thank you. you.